We are continuing our Optimist podcast series with the breakdown of the Optimist Creed and how to live a better optimistic life. It is my honor at this time to introduce the 2022-2023 past international president, Bob McFadden. Bob, thanks for being back on because this is the second time you've been with us on the podcast. Yes, it is, Shane, and it's always a pleasure talking to you about optimism. Thank you for having me. So, what, like I said, one of the the things we talk about, Bob, and we didn't maybe cover this a lot uh, before on your last interview, but let's talk a little bit about your optimist story, you know, because everybody has an optimist story when they join our organization. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you joined the international organization and then moved into the position of moving up in the presidency? Because, you know, everybody starts somewhere and most of us start just as a member. Absolutely. Um my story is is kind of a little bit different than some, I think, because I was never actually asked to join an Optimist Club. The, strangely, I found out about the Optimist organization when my daughter, uh, Heather, who was at the age of 15 at the time, was volunteering at a local day camp run by the city. And she was recognized in the youth appreciation uh program of the Kitchener-Waterloo Optimist Club. So this was in 1994, and we were invited out with my daughter uh, to a youth appreciation event, and she was given a few minutes to talk about why she volunteers and was then recognized with a plaque from the from the club. And on the way home, I was talking to my wife about it because I had always volunteered with youth. I had been uh, a junior t-ball coach for 15 years. I had helped with my daughter's uh, dance uh, fundraising committee. So I'd always been involved in the activities of the, the youth within our community, mainly associated with my daughters. And this time I thought, wow, you know that I was finished uh, volunteering as a coach. And I thought this would be a great opportunity for me to move into something different, but still focused on a organization that dealt with youth. That's what really, really attracted me. So that is actually what happened. I then reached out after that program. I knew two, two members of the club uh, personally. Uh, neither one of them had thought about asking me to join, but I reached out to them after and asked if I could come back to a meeting and I was invited back to a meeting and the rest is history. Here I am. It just goes to show you, you never know who you ask to be a member. They might be the best optimist, even if you don't think they might be the best optimist. Well, and you know, Shane, as I look back on my time with the Optimist organization, I am the one thing I'm a little bit disappointed in is that nobody approached me earlier. And actually asked me now whether or not I would have accepted the invitation. We don't know, but I have enjoyed my time so much with the Optimist organization. I really, truly wish that I had been with them a little bit longer than I have. And Bob, let's talk a little bit about your journey as becoming international president. And like I said, everybody in this organization starts out as a member and they can take it as far as they want to. Tell us a little bit about your journey to become international president. Well, that was interesting because... When I talked to my wife about joining the Optimist Club, she asked me to make a promise to her that I would join as a member and please do not lead everything you do, because that has been my tendency. <laughs> I have been kind of pulled and pushed into leadership positions. Well, strangely enough, within six months of joining the club, I was on the board of directors. Within three years, I was president uh, of the club. And we had a very, very good year. I was not distinguished because our club did not build another club, but I was an honor club president. And then I was asked to run for the lieutenant governor role 
And in those days, um, that was around 1997, 98, somewhere around there. In those days, we actually had people that would challenge you. And so we had a, an election and I was actually elected as Lieutenant Governor and I was very, very successful, became an outstanding and distinguished Lieutenant Governor for our zone and within our district. And then it was about two years later that I was sitting at an executive meeting within our district and two of the past governors came up and basically twisted my arm to put my name forward to be governor-elect. And at that point, I had no interest. I had no thought process. I had never considered being governor. It was not something I aspired to. Uh, but anyway, I was convinced to do it. And I put my name forward after talking with Penny. Uh, she agreed that she would support me, and this was the right way for me to go. We did it, and we again we had a very very good year, and I had a I was a distinguished outstanding governor, and then that lasted for a while. I was then brought on to international committees, uh, audit and finance, uh, about two years after I was governor. Uh, since that time of being on audit and finance, about seven years, uh, I've chaired it about three years of being on a couple of other committees, including membership and um, club services or fitness, club fitness committee. And through that, uh, I really learned and understood what happens within our organization because as chair of the audit and finance, I attended all the board meetings and I did that for three years. It then came to a point where somebody phoned me and said, we'd like to put your name forward to be president. And to be quite honest with you, Again, I was not ready for that. That was not something I wanted to do, uh, but they did. Uh, I put went forward. I had an interview. The interview did not go well. Uh, I was not selected by the CQ committee. And then the, for a couple of years later, uh, because of my commitment and thought process around being present, I thought maybe I do have something to add. And I had developed an action plan that I felt would work within our organization and then I decided to self-nominate. CQ nomi uh, interviewed me, chose me as their candidate. I was elected and then became, as you know, was president for 22-23. And I'm sure you have a lot of memories being president, but is there a memory that sticks out that is your favorite thing that happened or that you did while you were international president? I think the thing that we did, and Penny and I did this together, uh, I think the thing that we did that really sticks out is our travel to the various clubs and districts. Uh, through our year, we put about 25,000 miles on our car. We visited over 35 clubs in various districts. We attended about 23 different district meetings, and including the people that we saw at the International Convention, which were about 600, I think uh, that we were in front of about 2,500 optimists face-to-face -face over the year that I was president. And I think that, to me, is the most gratifying. And you would be surprised at the reception that we received at some of these clubs. People were in awe that an international president would actually visit a club. So we we were enthralled at expanding our Optimist family, meeting new friends, and we were extremely well received. And the message that I gave was very well received, even though my message was not the most positive because, I mean, we are in a declining membership slide. And I think that the only thing that's going to change that is our own members. But we were very, very well received and loved meeting all of the optimists throughout the organization that we were able to travel to. That, that, that to me, was the biggest event that we had. And talk about a fun road trip with Penny. I'm sure you guys uh, really bonded after uh, 
all the stuff you guys did together. Yes. <laughs> well, when you consider that uh, in August alone, we started off beginning of August and we drove to Atlanta, Georgia from Kitchener, Ontario, which was a two-day drive. And then we drove from Atlanta, Georgia to Billings, Montana. And that was a, a three-and-a-half-day drive. And uh, you live out there, so you know that when you're driving out in South or North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, there's not a lot between cities. <laughs> and and talk about a great way to see the whole country while you're at it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it, and it was an experience. It's a lifetime. It's a one in a lifetime experience that we will never ever forget because it was absolutely fantastic. So Bob, we're, we're focusing on the creed series and your line in the creed is to talk health, happiness, and prosperity to everyone you meet. And one of the purposes of this podcast that I hope comes out of it is for our optimist members and our optimist families to realize that they need to truly, to truly be an optimist, they need to live and practice the creed. What is it about this line that sticks out to you? Well, I love this line for a number of different reasons. But I think if I relate this back to something that was taught to me at a very, very young age, and it was, this is very, very similar to the line that reads, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We all want to be treated well. We all want to be spoken to nicely. And to me, this is exactly what this is saying. To talk health, happiness, and prosperity is basically to be as positive as you possibly can to each and every person you meet. Now, you know, you talk about health. Um, if we are talking positively about health, uh, and I've got some experiences where I've got a friend of mine who had open heart surgery, who basically said being an optimist and having the optimist creed made a substantial difference, not only in his life, but in his ability to get through the open heart surgery. Here was a gentleman, and this, this, I'll give you this example. Here is a gentleman who went through open heart surgery, is, and you can imagine all the pain that there is the days following. They give these patients a heart pillow, and they do it for a purpose, because when you go through open heart surgery, one of the things you have to do is you start, have to start clearing your lungs, which means you have to cough, and cough causes extreme pain, so you hug the pillow to your chest as you're coughing. What my friend did was every time somebody came into his room, and it didn't matter who that person was or what their role in the hospital was, he asked that person to sign his pillow because that person made a difference in his life. Whether or not it was changing the sheets on his bed, washing the floor, bringing in the food and removing the empty trays. It didn't really matter who the individual was. He wanted that individual to know how much he appreciated the fact that they were taking the time to make his life easier. So that is just something that we can all learn from. It doesn't really matter where we stand within our health situation. If we can be as positive as possible, and I think that if you talk to anybody, anybody in the medical profession, you will find that if you are optimistic when you are going through medical situations, you are going to find that most people that have an optimistic point of view have a much better and speedier recovery to what they're doing. So when you're also talking about happiness, and this I relate this to a situation when I was working and we had a senior vice president who didn't have the greatest personality. Let's just put it that way. And when he left his office and he was walking through the company and he'd be walking past two or 300 different people at various stages, he was always looking down at the floor and marching on and basically recognized nobody. Myself, on the other hand, I loved when I walked through the office 
is to recognize and acknowledge people and give people a smile. Because if you give people a smile, they will give you a smile back. Smiles and happiness are contagious. And if we think about it that way, because you never know what somebody is going through in that particular day, sometimes a smile can make a huge difference that we may never know. But one of the things I always like to do is treat everybody. And it didn't matter where they were in the hierarchy of the organization, but treat everybody the same. Treat everybody as I would like to be treated. And if you talk about, so that that's what this line actually means to me. When you talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person you meet, it's trying to make them enhance their day through your optimism and your positivity. So that's kind of what that means to me. And like you were saying, you don't even have to talk sometimes. All it is is just maybe a friendly wave or even just a smile to make somebody's day better is a great way to talk health, happiness, and prosperity. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things we have to remember is that we are all optimists. And if we can live this creed to the best of our ability, if we can stay positive, it makes a huge difference. And you need to surround yourself with positive people. Sadly, we do have friends who are not optimists, who are, look at the negative side of everything. And what do what has happened is, is that we have found that we have moved away from those friends because that's not the type of environment that we want to stay in or be involved in because it just sucks the energy out of you. So we, we really truly believe in this positivity act. When we go out to a club meeting, our club is very welcoming with open arms and and we acknowledge, hug, and welcome each and every member that is attending that meeting at that particular time. And if there's somebody brand new coming into our meeting, they get treated exactly the same way. We get to know who their name, what their name is, who they are, and make sure that they feel welcome. And I think that if we could all do that, it would make a huge difference. Shane, I want to give you a little story that I heard one time. Uh, I believe it is true, but I'm not sure. I'm not going to validate the honest truth of it, but the story of a line makes all the difference in the world. A young teenager was going home on Friday from school. This teenager took all of their books. So the teenager was loaded down with books, carrying them home for the weekend. And it was quite a heavy burden. And this teenager was under duress, was not in the best frame of mind, to say the least, head down, was walking home. Another student came up to this teenager and asked if they could help carry the books. Teenager said, no, thank you. Just stay away from me and continued walking down. While the other teenager, the other student, uh, continued offering to assistance until finally the person said, okay, you can help me because they were these books were going to fall any minute anyway. And they chatted for a few minutes on the way home. And the student said, uh, that, that helped them home, said, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, maybe we can chat again next week. Next week, the they went to school and they chatted. And the person that was carrying all of those books home was actually going home to commit suicide. But the fact that this person was insistent on trying to help made a difference, such a huge impact to this individual who felt alone, isolated, and felt that there was no reason to live, had second thoughts after this person treated them that well. And I, whether or not there is a 100% truth to this story or not, I'm not positive, but it does give the sense that we never, ever know what somebody is going through and how a positive 
relationship, just saying hello, just giving a smile, just an offer of assistance can make a difference in somebody's life. Uh, interestingly enough, when I was looking at the benefits of being an optimist, and I put those some of those benefits on my business card when I was president. Two of the optimists that responded basically said, this, the optimists within my club have saved my life. I was in a very, very dark spot and optimists helped me see the light and change who I was. So optimism makes a difference, Shane. It makes a huge difference. We just never know whether or not we're making an impact on an individual, but the more we can be positive, the more we can talk this health, happiness, and prosperity so that people are looking at the sunny side of everything, the more we are going to make an impact on people's lives in a positive manner. I could agree completely, Bob. And that reminds me of an article that I had been reading recently that, you know, if you surround yourself with five millionaires, you'll be the six millionaire. Maybe we can take into account if you surround yourself with five optimists, you'll be the six optimist. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Because we need to do that. <laughs> So, no, and like I said, people need, our optimist organization has so many benefits, like you said, oh, there's health, the, you know, just being out talking to people and the good that we do in our community while having fun makes it that much more interesting and better for people, I believe. Absolutely. And I mean, science has actually proven that optimists live longer, healthier, happier lives. Like, really, when you think about it. Who wouldn't want to be an optimist? And in this environment in which we're living, where there is so much division, so much negativity, where people actually, in order for me to be right, I have to prove that you're wrong, where this is what we're seeing day in and day out from our governments and from political parties and everything else. We all need a safe haven. And the Optimist Organization, the Optimist Club, is an area where we can go out, we can socialize, we can meet people of like mind who are positive and will create an environment that we can actually get more fulfillment out of life. And it is a tremendous organization with wonderful, wonderful people. And I just wish that someday every individual was an optimist looking after the welfare of all the children in the world so that uh, no child had to do without, and everybody would benefit from that. And like I said, as long as we are an optimist and we can tell people that they, if they're living this creed, their life will be that much more fulfilling and better in the long run. For sure, for sure, Jane. So we just need to continue to talk, pro to talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person we meet as we move forward in our Optimus organization. Well, and the thing is, Shane, is that if we talk to the health, happiness, and prosperity to every person we meet, as you say, some of those people will see the benefit and the need within their life to be surrounded by optimistic people and may actually join our clubs and our organization because we do provide a tremendous benefit to not only the children within our community, to, but to each and every adult that actually joins our organization. Bob, I cannot tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to help us teach these and these creed talks to let people know that they are here and our Optimus organization is here for them. I cannot thank you enough for being with us again today. Well, Shane, thank you for everything you do to spread the word. Uh, we definitely need all of our members to be spreading the word around of optimism around their communities because the our communities need us more today than they ever have before. Our, the community needs are infinite, and yet we as individuals are a finite asset. 
And the only way that we can change our finite asset into an infinite asset is to replace ourselves. And the only way we're going to replace ourselves is by talking up optimism to every person we meet. That's exactly right. As we continue to practice and live the Optimist Creed. Thank you so much, Shane. I appreciate the having the opportunity to talk to you. Please join us in reciting the Optimist Creed with our past international presidents. Promise yourself to be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. To talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person you meet. To make all your friends feel that there is something in them. To look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. To think only of the best, to work only for the best, and to expect only the best. To be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. To forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. To wear a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature you meet a smile. To give so much time to the improvement of yourself that you have no time to criticize others. To be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to permit the presence of trouble. Thank you for listening to this series focused on the Optimist Creed. The Optimist Creed is the official creed of Optimist International adopted in 1922. The creed is something that every member of Optimist International strives to follow. To find out more about the opportunities of Optimist International, Please visit our website, or better yet, find a local Optimist Club in your area to start helping make the world a better place.